Well, once again, good morning, everyone. I pray everybody is well and blessed this morning. We do thank God for the fact that the sun is deciding to come out a bit more these days. We give thanks for that. Before I share, I want to pray, and then I want to conclude uh, a word I've been sharing on the past two, I think, or three occasions. Today is the conclusion of this word that um, I, I want to bring to us this morning. But before I go into it, let's pray and allow the Lord to just speak. Father, we thank you. Lord, it's an honor and a privilege to come before you and be able to speak and share and declare your word. I pray that you will use me this morning, O oh God, as your mouthpiece to speak everything, O oh God, that you desire your children to hear. I pray, O oh God, that, Lord, our hearts will be ready and receptive to receive this word and that it will fall on good soil, that it will bear fruit and it will draw each one closer to you. So, Father, we thank you. Have your way, O oh God, this morning and cause your children to be fed and to be nourished by this word. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So the word I want to conclude on is called be encouraged. I mentioned this word or I, I made, I think it was two occasions that I shared this word. And I'm, I will definitely conclude this today. All right. I don't want to go too much into a recap um, because of time because I want, I want to make sure that I finish it. Um, but I want to begin by saying this. What do you do when you need encouraging? When you are in need of some form of encouraging, what do you do? You know, for some of us, we speak to people. You know, some of us, we may end up eating, comforting ourselves via eating or drinking or watching something that would cheer us up. Um, but as children of God, the number one way that the Lord wants us to encourage ourselves is via the word of God, his word. That's what he wants us to do. And the Bible is filled with so many lessons, so many examples um, of things that are designed to encourage us and to inspire us uh, in every and in any situation that we face. There is a word that is waiting for us. There are words waiting for you. No matter what situation that you are in, the Bible has it covered. There are scriptures that are waiting to encourage you, waiting to call you to focus on those words as opposed to what you are facing. You know, and one of the things that I mentioned when I shared this before was looking at some characters in the Bible that helped to just cause us to really put ourselves in a position concerning the will of God for our lives and to encourage us to, to kind of to be uh, in a particular way. And I mentioned, if you recall, about Elijah. Elijah, as we know, was a very famous prophet within the, the, the Old Testament. Uh, and he was used in many signs and wonders. He did many wonderful things. But Elijah... The Bible says in James uh, 5.17, was a human just like us. As much as he was lauded in the Bible and spoken about in many kind of um, uh, positive ways, he had his challenges and he had his battles. And one of the things, if you recall, I mentioned was that Elijah at one point wanted his life to end because he had an enemy called Jezebel. And this enemy was opposing him to the extent that she wanted to take his life. Now, it's interesting that all the battles and all the, the victories that Elijah won, just from having one enemy and knowing that this enemy wanted to take his life, his response was one that was, you would think, contrary to all the things that he had done and achieved. But he was down. He was very depressed and dejected. And the Bible even says that he wanted the Lord to take his life. So there's some lessons I want us to, so I want to draw out from this. 
with regards to uh, Elijah. The first uh, thing I want to mention is that exhaustion made Elijah lose his perspective. Now, when I say exhaustion, I'm talking about emotional, mental tiredness. I think I mentioned this again when I shared this before. I'm talking about weariness that we feel emotionally. And many of us are going through this, where we're battling emotional form of tiredness and weariness. And I said before, Elijah um, had a, a major victory. He defeated a number of false prophets. The power of God was used through him to destroy these false prophets. But then he heard that, Eli that Jezebel wanted to take his life. And then just from hearing that, he became depressed and became down. I won't go into the scripture, but the script, if you just look at uh, 1 Kings 19 from 1 to 21, it just explains the whole situation and the whole story. But within that portion of scripture, there were some things that the Lord did that transformed and changed Elijah's situation, which I think I mentioned before. One of the things that the Lord stepped in suddenly on different occasions and encouraged him. He brought angels to minister to him. He brought his word to encourage him. And then finally, he brought uh, a, another companion, Elisha, to minister and to encourage uh, Elijah in his time when he was down. Now, in the same way, the Lord will step in for each and every one of us. He will bring angels to strengthen you. No matter what situation that you're in, the Lord will bring angels to come and minister to you. He will bring whatever you need to receive strength. Whatever word, I mentioned before, that everything that we face, we are facing the past. Whatever we're facing now, and whatever we're, we're going to face in the future, every single thing that will cover and bring encouragement based on that thing is in the word of God. There is nothing that we will ever face in our lives that the word of God does not cover and brings a form of encouragement to us. The key is for us to take ourselves to God's word and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and encourage us through his word. Amen? Jeremiah 32 verse 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? This is the Lord speaking to each and every one of us, saying, my brother, my sister, my son, my daughter, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? It's a question that he is asking us. It's a question that he is asking you. So you put your situation in light of what the Lord is saying and decide how you're going to respond. Because he's asking you, is there anything too hard for me? So it doesn't matter what you're going through. There's no, yeah, mm, there's nothing but. You can remove but from whatever it is that you're facing. Because the Lord is asking you, is there anything too hard for me? The answer is no, there isn't. So no, no matter what you are facing, God and his word first in any situation that we are facing. Amen? I mentioned about time not being an issue for God. Remember, God sits outside of time, even though we're within time. We want God to do things in, his, in, in the time that we want him to, but God will always do things in his own time. So as long as we're trusting him in the, in the situation that we are facing, God will step in 
he will intervene, but in his own time. The trouble with us is that we look at our situation. We look at the, the time, so to speak. We look at the fact that there are circumstances surrounding what's happening with us. So therefore, in our minds, God needs to intervene now. Or he needs to intervene in the next few days or weeks or months. So we have in our mind, this is when, Lord, you need to step in. But we have to remember that God isn't us. And he knows the beginning from the end. So as we trust him, he will step in. You don't know when he's going to step in. You don't know how he's going to step in. But he will step in as you trust him. Remember we spoke about Lazarus, dead for four days. They told Jesus, Lazarus is dying. Jesus said, yeah, kind of, he didn't ignore them, but he just acknowledged them, but kind of, he did it in a way that whereby, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. Then Lazarus died. The very person that what the Bible speaks about, Lazarus and Jesus, that they were friends. They told him that he was dying. Lazarus died. There was no reaction. Oh, outwardly, there was no reaction from Jesus. That's how it seemed. But we know the story. Eventually, when he, when he felt it was the right time, he went to where Lazarus was. Went to where his body was buried for four days. Told him to wake up. And he got up. And we know the rest of the story. The Lord will always step in when he wants to. The key for every one of us is to learn to trust him. Don't look at the time. Do not focus on your circumstance. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. It is the easiest thing to discourage us is looking at what we see. And I get that because we all do it. We look at our circumstance. We look at what's happening. We look at the situation that, that we're facing that may be deteriorating or getting worse. But it doesn't change the word of God. The Bible says regardless that we walk by faith and not by sight. So you will see things that will be very discouraging. You will see things that you will look at it and think, you know what, well, this is it. Forget it. There's no point going on. But it doesn't change God's word because he says that we walk by faith, not by sight, because he knows what we're seeing. But more importantly, he knows what he is going to do as we trust him and as we demonstrate our faith in him. So I encourage each and every one of us, no matter what we're facing, that we have to demonstrate walking by faith. Put in the things of God first. Isaiah chapter 40, 31 says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Those that wait on the Lord. I encourage you to wait on him. Wait on him doesn't mean you just sit there and do nothing. It means that you get on with your life, but you trust God. It means that even though things around you may be getting worse as you see them, you're still trusting God. The waiting is almost the same as a server that is in a restaurant that waits. They're serving. They are doing. But as they're doing, or as we are doing, we are still trusting God. And I encourage you that as you continue to wait on God, as you continue to serve him in whatever it is that the Lord has laid on your heart, you will see how the Lord will step in. As he says that he will mount up with wings as eagles. That they will run. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. Amen.
The second lesson from Elijah I want us very quickly to look at is that fear made Elijah isolate himself. I've mentioned fear many times when I've spoken. 1 Kings 19.10, it says, leaving his servant in Bathsheba, it says that he, Elijah, went into the wilderness and told God, I am the only one left. Now they are trying to kill me. Elijah had a battle with fear. And the thing was, Elijah was in the worst possible company at that point because he was in his own company. See, when we feel down, the easiest thing to do at times, and probably the most damaging thing to do, is to isolate yourself. Because when you isolate yourself, you are putting yourself in a position to receive every form of, of, of input that is solely coming from you. And you know how it is. When you're in a position where you feel down and it's just you, that feeling of, be, of being down at times is, is going to be fed more because you're not allowing others to come and to input. At times, maybe the word is there. You're not really reading God's word, but you're focused on how you are feeling. So because you're by yourself, because you're not bringing people in maybe, and because maybe the word of God, you're not allowing yourself to, to feed on God's word, you then now begin to feed on that negative feeling of being down, of being isolated. So sometimes your own company can be the worst company if you're not allowing others to come in, if you're not allowing the word of God to come in and fill you. But see, God has a way of sending people to you to bring the exact words of encouragement and guidance that God knows that you need. He has a way. And he will do it in whatever way he desires to. Whether somebody needs to come and knock on your, on your door and speak to you. Whether it's a message or text that they'll send to you. Whether they, I don't know, they, they may uh, do some, something where they communicate something to you. One way or another, God will send someone. He has a way of doing it. And whatever he will use that person to say will be something that you need in that moment. Because this is how the Lord works. But the key, as I said here, or the lesson here, is to ensure that we do not deliberately isolate ourselves. Because once we do that, what you are doing is that you are putting a barrier around yourself, stopping God from, from uh, penetrating. And I'm sure many of us, if we're honest, in different parts of our lives, we've done it before. Where in certain areas, because maybe, I don't know, there may be a history of of, uh, of, or maybe of an element of insecurity about a particular area, or it's just something that's really personal to you. You don't want anyone else to know about it. You don't really want to share with anybody else. So there's this barrier that you put around it, whereby you don't speak to anybody about it. It's just you. But as I said before, when it's just you, that is when the enemy will come in and he will bring and make that situation worse. So allow the Lord to step in and to bring whatever ministry that he needs to bring. In 2 Corinthians 7, chapter 7, verse 5 and 6, the Bible talks about the Apostle Paul and how even he, when he was going through his situations, he needed someone called Titus to come and encourage him. I read here, it says, even Paul needed help. It says this, after writing in Macedonia, it said, we 
found trouble all around us, fighting on the outside and fear on the inside, he added. But God, who comforts those who are troubled, comforted us when Titus came. The Lord sent someone named Titus to encourage Paul. Sometimes when we, when we think about characters in the Bible, we forget that they all went through their battles. Paul, we know, was a, was a, a very disciplined, strong uh, uh, um, man of God. He went through some really unique battles. But when you read his story in his life, you would think that he was just somebody that just didn't care. He just, you know, was resolute. He just trusted God. He did all these things, etc. But remember, he's a human being just like us. He had his issues just like us. He had his own insecurities just like us. And the Bible says that he needed comforting. And the comfort that Paul received was through somebody called Titus. Let me say this to you. There are people that are waiting to minister to you. Or shall I say, God is waiting or he's, he's, he is in a position where he's waiting to just release different people to come and minister and encourage you in your situation. My encouragement for you is to make sure that you embrace whoever and whatever God brings to minister to you. Try not to be in a situation where you allow yourself to be isolated so that when people come, that God has legitimately brought to be, a, to, to be a blessing or to bring a word of encouragement. Because of the insecurity, you push them away or you push the word away. Don't allow the enemy to do that to you. God will bring his Titus to your situation. So when, let me mention this, so when Elijah was at his lowest point, as I mentioned before, in that same 1 Kings 19, God told him three important things that I want to share. And these things is for all of us to take on board. The first thing he mentioned to him was to spend more time with God. Spend more time with God. 1 Kings 19, 11. It says, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Holy Spirit was leading Elijah to go out. It says, on a mountain before the Lord, in the Lord's presence. He was encouraged, spend more time with the Father. That was where the Bible says that God spoke to Elijah in a small, still voice. You know, sometimes we hear this small, still voice uh, reference. And the Holy Spirit was speaking to Elijah and encouraging him. And see, when God speaks and encourages us, it teaches us and reminds us that we need to spend more time with him. Time is something that you just, it's a commodity, a commodity that you you can't change in this lifetime. There will never be another 22nd of, sorry, another 12th of June, 2022. Once today finishes, it's history. You cannot change it. That's how time works. So when it comes to time, as I said before, we need to recognize that we have to respect time. But when we trust God, God can step in and do whatever he wants to do when it comes to time. To spend more time with the Lord. 
Psalms 3, 2 to 7 says, when David was feeling, well, it says this, and this happened when David was feeling down, King David in the Bible says, many are saying, God won't rescue him, but Lord, you are my shield, my wonderful God, who gives me courage. I will pray to the Lord, and he will answer me. Amen. This is David talking about the Lord being his shield, that the Lord will give him courage in whatever situation that he faces, that he will pray and he will answer. You are encouraged, each and every one of you, pray. We know that we should pray, but sometimes when things are happening around us, speaking to God at times is something that we just don't really want to do. It depends. But I encourage you, just as David in the situation that he was facing, where people were saying that God will not step in, God will not rescue you. Sometimes your people will say things to you, oh, why are you wasting your time? Just go and do X, Y, Z. Is it everything you need to pray about? Just do. Sometimes people will say these things to you. And they were saying the same thing to David. That David said, but Lord, you are my shield, my wonderful God, who gives me courage. I will pray to you, and you will answer me. Whatever it is that you are facing, bring everything to him in prayer but also listen for God to answer. Don't assume that God has done or said something. Listen for God to answer when you speak to him in prayer. So spend time in God's presence so that he can answer your prayers. Amen? Second thing that uh, uh, the Lord was telling Elijah to do is that God told Elijah to stop trying to do all things by himself. Stop trying to do all things by yourself. I read somewhere once that um, people that have this thing that they want to try and do everything by themselves, that at times it lead, that's one of the fastest routes to depression because you're trying to control the whole thing by yourself. Having this me, myself, and I syndrome. But instead, God wants us to be deliberate in delegating and teaching others how to do things. There are things, so many giftings and abilities that we all have that God wants us to use and to develop and to be a blessing to the world. But one of the main things he wants us to do with that gift is to share it with others. Whatever ability that you have, God wants you to transfer that thing to somebody else so that they can also do the thing that God has laid within your heart to do or the gifting and ability that God has given you to do. It's so important. This is all part of, of leadership. It's not about getting the job done per se, but it's about developing others. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. When the Bible came, um, when, when Jesus came and he encouraged us to be disciples, he also said that we should do the same, that we should make disciples ourselves. So to re replicate ourselves, I think um, Pastor Nicholas mentioned this during the week when we had our leaders meeting about reproducing yourselves. This is part of how the Lord wants us to be. And Elijah reproduced himself in Elisha, as we know. And Elisha uh, had his own influence on others. This is what the Lord wants us to do. Cut of time, let me move on. The third thing that the Lord um, spoke to Elijah about was that God told Elijah that there is still work to be done. 
there is still work to be done. Turn to the person next to you and tell them there's still work to be done. There's still work to be done. There are things that God wants you to do. Many things. God showed Elijah that there are still kings for him to anoint. He told him there are still battles for you to win. There's a successor that is to overtake you that you need to prepare. These are things that God wants us to do. So there are works, many works that are to be done before we breathe our last. Sometimes you look at your agenda, you think, oh, I haven't got time for whatever. Who told you? There are many things that God wants us to do before we, before we leave this earth. Let me tell you that now. So there are still things that God wants us to do. One of the things that the Lord was speaking to Elijah, he didn't say this exactly, but he, in a roundabout way, the Lord was showing him this. And it was this, is that his current situation was not his final destination. Where he was, where he felt down and discouraged, that wasn't his final destination. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that as we're facing something, this is not my final destination. It is an issue, it's a challenge, but it's not my final destination. And I want to remind each and every one of us, as we are facing the things that we are facing, remember that God causes us to go to translate from one position to the next. We pass through situations. God doesn't normally allow us to stay in one place. You may be there for a season, but just as it goes from winter to uh, uh, spring, spring to summer, summer to autumn, it doesn't say summer for the whole year. That season has to pass. And in the same way, the things that we are going through, they have their season, but they will pass. So your current situation is not your final destination. So don't allow the enemy to make you think that where you are now, that's where you're going to be for the rest of your life. That's not the case. God is taking us through. And God is taking you through as you go through what you're going through. Before I pray, my time is running up. There are things, there's something that Pastor John um, shared a word about two weeks ago or so um, that I want to mention. He mentioned about four areas um, or realms where Jesus deals with us and areas that if we embrace in a way that the Lord wants us to, that we will flourish if we surrender these four areas to the Lord in our lives. They are number one, your head. Number two, your heart. Number three, your hands. And number four, your habits. He calls them the four H's. Your head, your heart, your hands, your habits. Let me quickly explain. Your head deals with the way you think. It deals with your mindset, the way you reason, the decisions that you make. If your head is given totally to the Lord in every situation, the Bible talks about having peace that passes all understanding. That will be not just your portion, that will be your lifestyle amongst a number of other things. Giving your, your head, everything, your decisions, your thinking, your mindset, giving that to him, you will have perfect peace because you know that he is the one that's in charge of everything. Then your heart, your heart is what is your will, it's your desire, your, the very essence of you. 
And when your heart is truly given and surrendered to God, to be fair, nothing else matters apart from him. And as you ensure that your, your focus is on him, everything else will fall into place because you are prioritizing the things of God first because your heart is yielded to him. You know the scripture, Matthew 6, 33, seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. It comes from your heart condition. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Your heart being surrendered to God. Number three, your hands. Your hands demonstrate control, demonstrates power, your rights, your unique giftings, your abilities, etc. Now, the Bible talks about in the Old Testament about slaves um, and how slaves were used and had their place, etc. And a slave, as we know, would give up their rights totally to their master. And our challenge right now is that we are to become a slave to Christ, basically by giving up our rights totally to him. Because the scripture teaches that if you lose your life for Christ's sake, that's when you will find it. But if you try to save your life for your own personal gain, the Bible says you will lose your life. So the key is that you lose it for him. Not because you want a promotion at work or you want more money and all those kind of things. Because those things will come when you lose it for Christ. So when you allow, allow yourself, your hands, this, this element of control, power, your rights, when you give these things to him and you lose them for Christ, not only will he ensure that you have, uh, 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 you know, your hands are used to glorify him, all those other things that you're believing him for, he will bring them into place in his way and in his time because you surrendered them to him. The final H was your habits. Your habits. These are lifestyle quirks that we all do repeatedly. You know, um, the definition of habits is defined as a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Your habits involve different things, your lifestyle, your routine, eating, sleeping, socializing, etc. Or spiritually, it involves, you know, praying and fasting and reading the Bible, etc. But again, if we are deliberate in surrendering our habits to God, I'm telling you, we will live a life totally obedient, totally in line with God's will. A life that, that is contented, a life full of joy and God's peace. So I want to pray now, but I want to encourage you to surrender your head, your heart, your hands, your habits, habits. Yield them all to God. Give them to him in every situation. And as you do so, the peace of God, the strength of God, God's direction. The Bible says that his word is a lamp to our feet. As you surrender all these things, the word of God will just come alive within you and literally order your steps in all that you do. So I want us to pray. Time is gone. You know, I've said a lot in these past few sessions. There were many lessons that we've learned from uh, Elijah with regards to spending time in the Lord's presence, seeking God first. Not trying to do things all by ourselves. Remembering that there's still work to be done. 
that they're yielding these areas, our head, our heart, our hands, and our habits. Right now in your own way, just bring yourself before the Lord and ask the Lord to just minister to you in these areas. Pray that you will surrender your head, your heart, your hands, your habits, that you will give them to him daily. That you will surrender all these things to him. That you'll be deliberate to spend more time seeking the Lord. That you will not allow yourself to put this barrier around you to stop you from receiving when God will bring maybe a, a, someone to bring a word to you. Somebody to, to that the Lord will bring as a Titus or an Elisha that will come and encourage you. That you will not have this barrier around you that will stop these people to come and give you the word from God because sometimes we can stop God from speaking to us because we don't want anyone to know about what's happening speak to the Lord right now Father we surrender all to you we thank you Lord God that you are the author and finisher of our faith you see everyone's situation you see everyone's circumstance. But Lord, there is nothing too hard for you, as your word says. You are the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for you? The answer is no. So Father, as I bring your children before you this morning, I bring myself before you. I'll bring everyone's situation before you. We thank you that there is nothing too hard for you. So Lord, we yield every one of our situations before you. We surrender our head, our heart, our hands, and our habits to you. Give us a heart to spend more time, just like you spoke to Elijah, to spend more time. Help us to reproduce ourselves, that whatever it is that you've given to us, the gifts and abilities, we pray that you will help us to reproduce these abilities in others. We pray that you will give us a heart to receive and embrace the encouragement and the words that you have for us through different people that may come. We thank you for the Tituses that you will bring. We thank you for the Elishas that you will bring to encourage us and to strengthen us in our situation. So Father, we look to you right now and we thank you that Lord, that you will cause the joy of you to be our strength. So Lord, as I pray for your people, I pray your blessing and your favor and your encouragement to be upon them, that you will minister to them in their, in their situation and that they will testify of your goodness and of your faithfulness in their situation. Thank you that, Lord, that we are no longer a slave to fear, as the song says, that we are a child of God, we are children of God, that are slaves to righteousness, slaves to faith, and of loving you, Lord. So that we bless your name, and we thank you in the name of Jesus.